for the whole theme of our next sermon series. We're going to be studying the book of Proverbs. And so the so the this title for our next sermon series is called Stupid Is As Stupid Does. <laughs> and so we're really showing you how stupid we could be by getting pies in the face today. <laughs> At the end of that video, uh, the guy said, that boy sure is a running fool. Well, the thing about the book of Proverbs is when you apply the book of Proverbs in your life, it promises that you won't be a fool. So we're excited about being able to get into the sermon series. Uh, it's going to be a lot different. When I preach, uh, each week I preach is going to be a lot different than how uh, our, I usually preach. It's not going to be topical. It's going to be expository. And so today, check this out, we're going to go through three chapters of the book of Proverbs. Now here, I'm going to pre- uh, forewarn you because a lot of times what happens, and it is all too often is once the Word of God starts being read, people start getting drowsy. So go ahead and do yourself a favor. Slap yourself in the face a little bit. Shake it off. Like do one of those numbers. Wake yourself up. Make sure you're looking at your neighbor. If you see them starting to doze off, give them a shove. I give you permission. Pinch them. Because the Word of God is powerful and effective. It's the very thing that's going to change our lives. We, we can preach topical messages, which we do all the time, which can help you with, with certain situations and obviously Scripture. But when we're learning the Word of the Lord, friends, it is the life source that will absolutely change us. So I'm going to, we're, I'm going to open up in a word of prayer, and, um, and then we're going to get started in this. We're going to go verse by verse. And so there is not a live event today because you can just open up your version and you can read because we're going we're gonna to read the word of the Lord with a little bit of Josh commentary and, and see what God says because I believe he's going to speak to some hearts today. So Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity of joining together in your name. Father, we thank you, Father, for how good you are. And Lord, God, whether we're here today or we're going to be listening to this God, uh, through SoundCloud, we just thank you that, God, that your word will penetrate our hearts and change our lives. will never be the same. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. So I'm sure you probably have heard that before. Stupid is as stupid does. Well, what does that really mean? I mean, you probably hear that, and if you've ever seen that movie, uh, that movie, they say that throughout the course of the movie over and over again. People are asking you, are you stupid or something? And he says, stupid is, a stupid does. And so what does that really mean? Well, that is actually a variant of an old adage, which is, handsome is as handsome does. In J.R.R. Tolkien's Lord of the Rings, and it also dates all the way back to the 14th century, which basically means that true handsomeness has nothing to do with a person's outward appearance, but their behavior. And so in the same way, stupidity is not just a surface thing that comes from appearance, even though Forrest Gump looked like he was stupid. Stupid is a matter of deeds, not looks. A person's intelligence and common sense are evidenced by their actions, not by the person's appearance. So you can have, you can, we can prejudge a person and you maybe, and I'm going to just go ahead and stereotype and that's okay. And if that's you, I, I apologize, but I don't because, you know, we, we normally would look at the person with the glasses on, with the little duct tape on the front, with the little pocket protector. And what do we, we automatically think that person is smart, right? Isn't that, we prejudge that person. Oh, that's a, that's a genius right there. Okay. That doesn't necessarily, just because they look like that doesn't mean that they're a genius. And in the same context, uh, Forrest Gump looked like he was stupid. He was slow. 
When all actuality, when you see the, the, the movie, and it's been years, I mean, I think the movie came back in like, 19, like 1993 or 94 or whenever. I mean, this guy does amazing things. I mean, he meets the president multiple times. This guy becomes a multi-millionaire. I mean, it's just insane. This guy just so smart. So it really has nothing to do with how somebody looks on the, on the outside, and we can just go ahead, you look at your neighbor and say, don't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> Here we go, the book of Proverbs. I'm reading from the old NIV, so it's going to be a little bit different than what you'll see on the screens, but it's the same concept. We're going to go verse by verse. Here we go, ready? Proverbs chapter 1, verse 1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. Verse 2. For attaining wisdom and discipline, for understanding the words of insight. Say wisdom. Okay, there is a difference between wisdom and knowledge. Knowledge is knowing a whole bunch of facts or a bunch of stuff. Wisdom is actually having the ability to know right from wrong. So if you know, if you have, if, if you had a choice to have either wisdom or knowledge, friends always choose wisdom. Amen. Always choose wisdom. Because you can know a whole lot of facts and they're not going to help you out that, that good unless you're actually applying the facts. It's better to know right from wrong than just to know a whole bunch of stuff. Verse 3, for acquiring discipline and prudent life. What does prudent mean? What's that word mean? Well, actually prudent, it means kind of exactly uh, what I was talking about just a minute ago. Showing care and thought for the future. That's what prudent is, if you've ever heard that word. Doing right, doing what is just and right, or right and just and fair. Forgiving prudence to the simple. So what is that again? That's like having a care or a concern for the future. Knowledge and discretion. To the young, let the wise listen and add to their learning. Friends, a book of Proverbs is basically going back to school. Say, I'm in school today. You should be in school every day. Because you're a student. If, you're, if you are a disciple, then you're a student. He's the teacher. We're the students. Verse 6. For understanding Proverbs and parables. Oh, did I say, oh, verse 5. I think I might have skipped that. Uh, let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let uh, the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the saying and riddles of the wise. So basically what he's saying, verse 1 through through 6 here, is just kind of an opening. Uh, Solomon is giving, this is why you need this. So he's kind of giving kind of an intro. The first six verses are intro. This is why you need wisdom. Verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Or another translation would even say the beginning of wisdom. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. So the fear of the Lord, when it's talking about the fear of the Lord, it's not meaning being absolutely scared of God. The fear of the Lord is having reverence and respect for Him. So what he's saying here in verse 7 is that the, the fear of the Lord, that it means that in order for us, friends, to truly know anything, any, any for, for us, we have to respect and revere God. If you really want to know stuff then we got to start from a place of respecting and knowing God. What happens when we don't come from a place from respecting and knowing God? Then everything we know is skewed and we can come up with our own ideas and our own rules. Isn't that correct? Isn't that the kind of society that we're living in now? We're living in a society that's making up its own rules day by day. Is anybody here living in our society? Have you already checked out already? Come on, we got to pay attention. This is the Word of the Lord here. It's good stuff. 
Verse 8, listen, my son. Look at your neighbor and say, listen, son. (laughs) To your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. So he's basically, listen to your father's instruction. Don't forget, don't forsake, don't go uh, stray away from your, your mother's teaching. They will be a garland of grace on your head and a chain to adorn your neck. Verse 10. You guys still with me? All right, good. Now, verse 10 through 19, he's going to go ahead and he's going to kind of talk about not being led astray. And he's actually going to talk about how people will actually kill and take advantage of others for their own selfish gain. Verse 10 says, My son, if sinners entice you, do not give in to them. If sinners entice you, what does entice mean? Come on, it's like, it's like that, that they, they lure you in. Like, come on in. So if sinners entice you, how many of us know that there are things that are enticing? Absolutely. He says, if sinners entice you, do not give in to them. If they say, come along with us, let's lie and wait for someone's blood. Let's waylay someone harmless, some harmless soul. Let's swallow them alive like the grave and whole like those who go down to the pit. Verse 13. We will get all sorts of valuable things and fill our houses with plunder. Verse 14, throw in your lot with us and we will share a common purse. This is pretty, this is pretty violent, isn't it? Isn't it amazing? One of the very first instructions that Solomon is giving is saying, don't give in to violence and, and violence for selfish gain. And I don't know about you, but we're living in a day and an age where man, violent, man, I mean, think about how many, how many gas stations are being robbed nowadays, how many people are, are, are being, you know, I mean, they're being robbed at gunpoint. I mean, I mean, there's just, we live in a society where people are brutally doing stuff to, to individuals for their own selfish gain. You have people that are, pull out a gun and shoot somebody over 40 bucks. Yeah, even less. You're absolutely right. Verse 15, it says, My son, do not go along with them. So you know those type of people. Don't associate with them. Don't go along with those type of guys. Do not set foot on their path, for they, their feet rush into sin, and they are swift to shed blood. How useless to spread a net in full view of all the birds. Verse 18, These men lie in wait for their own blood. What is he saying? He's basically saying, you know what, the things that they do for others, they're going to get back on themselves. Come on. You following this? Stupid is as stupid does. <laughs> Verse 19. Such is the end of all those who go after ill-gotten gain. It takes away the lives of those who get it. So he's saying, you know what? Go after blood, and you're going to lose it all. You're going to lose it all. Go after ill-gotten gain, you're going to lose it. Now we're going to uh, go through uh, verse 20 through 33. He's giving some warnings about what happens when we actually reject wisdom. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm not rejecting wisdom. Come on. Wisdom calls aloud in the streets. She raises her voice in the public, in the public square. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out in the gateways of the city. She makes her speech. How, excuse me, how long will you simple ones love your simple ways? How long will mockers delight in mockery and fools hate knowledge? I love, he's giving this whole analogy of wisdom being a a female who's calling out to people, receive wisdom. Verse 23, if you respond to my rebuke, 
I would not have to pour out my heart to you and make my thoughts known to you. But since you reject me when I called and no one gave heed when I stretched out my hand, since you ignored all my advice and would not accept my rebuke, in turn, we'll laugh at your disaster. I will in turn laugh at your disaster. I will mock when calamity overtakes you. When calamity overtakes you like a storm. When disaster sweeps over you like a whirlwind. When distress and trouble uh, overwhelm you. What is he saying? If you reject wisdom, friends, you're going to be, you're going to find yourself in a whole storm of trouble all the days of your life. That's what he's saying. It's going to be a storm over your life. It's going to overtake you. Calamity will overtake you. You wonder why the storms in your life are always brewing. Perhaps it's you're not Heeding to wisdom. What is wisdom again? No one right from wrong. Come on. Most of us, we, we might think we have wisdom. It's knowledge. We know right from wrong. But wisdom is actually the ability to do it as well. Verse 28. Then you will call me and I will not answer. So that's like when you're like you're stuck and you're, you, you've just given yourself and you're like, help me. It's like, you wanted this. <laughs> you wanted it. Here, here it is. Sometimes God will give us over to our own desires. Actually, all, a lot of times He'll do that. Sometimes He'll protect us. Other times, like, you want it bad enough? Okay, here you go. You can have it. Since they hated knowledge and did not choose to fear the Lord, since they would not reject my advice and spurned my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. Again, what is it saying? You know, the things you do, for you do, you're going to get back. So, so the person that, that is... Uh, trying to go over on people, they're going to always have people getting over on them. The ones that take advantage of people, guess what? People are always going to take advantage of them. You're going to eat the fruit of what you do. Come on, come on. This is Proverbs right here, good. This is good stuff. This is goods right here. We're eating some meat and potatoes. Come on, we're putting away the chicken nuggets today. McDonald's, we're, we're avoiding you today. We're going to Texas Roadhouse. Woohoo! Mm-hmm. I just made everybody in this place hungry. <laughs> now everybody, I didn't mess up everyone. They will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their own schemes. Verse 32. For their waywardness of, a simp- of the simple will kill them and, uh, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whosoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. And you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of like the parent that's warning the, the small child not to touch the stove, but there's this, there's this waywardness that's inside each and every one of our hearts, and for some reason the flame is appealing, it, and so the child sees the fire, and what do they do? They do exactly what the parent told them not to do. And what happens? They get burnt. And then they're crying. Sometimes it'll, you know, they'll get a blister. Boo boo! And so that's kind of what Solomon is saying here. He's saying, if you just listen to my instruction, there'll be safety. There'll be ease without fear and harm. So we just went through the whole book, first chapter of the book of Proverbs. We're going into chapter 2. Now, verse 1 through 5. He talks about how we need to search for wisdom. So we're going to read the first five verses here. Verse number one in chapter two. Is this good? Come on, this is good stuff. This is God's Word. If it's not, you're in the wrong place. Verse one, it says, My son, if you accept my words and store up, look at your neighbor, say, store up. 
store up. That means, you know, like when you when there's a sale and you buy multiple and what do you do? You stick it up on the shelf and save it for later. He's saying, store up my commands within you. Store them up. That means when there's times when, when things are, 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 are kind of famished or things are, are depleting, when you have something stored up, you can take from that reserve. So he's saying, store up the commands I'm giving you. Because there'll be times you're going to need them. Verse 2, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Friends, wisdom is out there, but we have to turn our ear towards it. we got to have an attentive ear. There are people right now that are probably sitting in here today and shutting me out, and that's okay. You're in service. That's a good step. But there are many of us in here today that what we're doing is we're turning our ear to the Word of the Lord because we want to apply it to our life. We want to be different. I want to be different. Hey. <laughs> Wife's amen and too loud up front. And if, <laughs> Verse 3. And if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it uh, as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord. What's he basically saying in verse 3 and 4? He's saying, friends, we have to want it. you got to want it. If you don't want it, you won't have it. But if you want it, it's there for you to, to receive. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find knowledge of God. Okay, now we're going to go into verse 6 through 15. And he keeps giving the way that Solomon... Solomon, if, when you read the book of Proverbs, you almost think that, that he has uh, ADD because he, he'll, say, he'll say one thing and then he says this thing and then he says that thing and then he says this thing. And so really what it is is it's a compilation of, of all these little like Proverbs. And so if you're reading through it, you can think, okay, he's like boom and he's like bam. And so you got to kind of follow along. If you're, if you're, if you're willing to kind of sidestep with him and take a little piece of what he's saying, it'll be very valuable. So now he's going to go into and through uh, verse 16 through 15. He's going to again talk about the benefits that wisdom gives. So verse 6 it says, For the Lord gives wisdom, and from the mouth comes knowledge and understanding. He holds victory in store for the upright. Come on, friends. You, you need victory? Amen. You want victory? Amen. Then live a life that's upright. Live a life that's pleasing to God. He has victory in store for the upright. He is a shield for those who, whose walk is blameless. For He guards the course of the just and protects the way of His faithful ones. Come on, friends. If you're getting beat down by the devil and smacked around, then maybe we need to reevaluate our life because maybe it's not upright. Because the Word of the Lord says He's going to be our shield, He's going to be our guard, and He has victory in store for those that are upright. Come on, Bishop. Somebody's got to say Amen. That's good stuff right there. Verse 9. Then you will understand what is right and just and fair. Every good path. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. Discretion will protect you. Well, what is discretion? Discretion is basically the freedom to be able to decide what we should do in a particular situation. So when we have the ability to make right choices, that's what he's saying. Destruction will protect you. When you have the ability to make right choices, that, you know, when you're, when you're in that valley of decision and it's uh, A or B, that you have the ability because the Spirit of the Lord is in you, you've got wisdom, and you know if I choose B, I can see the longevity of the choice of B and the destruction that, it, that it's going to be in. See, that's the thing, friends. People that have wisdom, they look at the consequences of their actions. 
When you don't have wisdom, you just give yourself into whatever it is that you want to give yourself into without thinking of the consequences of it. And I'll tell you what, and, and, and that's, that is some of the things that can guard you from making the most stupidest decisions. Is when you can for a minute take a step back in the heat of the passion of you getting ready to make that decision and say, wait, if I do this, this can possibly be the outcome of that. And I'm going I'm to just throw this in there for, per example. If you're a person who works at a job and there's this person that, that is, is flirtatious towards you and they're giving you attention and for some reason you at, uh, you know, you in your home, you know, you have a great marriage but you and your spouse hasn't been connecting because you've been so busy with kids and work and all this other stuff. And so this person's giving you that little bit of affection because they're, they're with you more because you're at your work with them. And so these feelings start to, start to come up where, man, you're starting to like this feeling and you start seeing this person doing this. Now you're in the valley of decision. Do I continue to give in to this person that's giving me this attention and, and, and it's making me feel kind of flirt, flirty? Or am I going to stop because I know the path of that could possibly lead to adultery? Come on, friends. That's called wisdom. And so what do you do? You stop it before it comes. Before you find yourself in the back seat of your car with the person. And then you're looking, and then you're looking at lawsuit and, and you're losing your marriage and you're losing your house and you're losing your children and your kids hate you because the, your spouse turns them against you because you're a dog? Come on. That's a cost I don't want. But that's why we need wisdom because we gotta be able to see the choices we make. The person that's, that's, that's puts a, a, a mask over their face and, and robs the store down the street isn't thinking about this is gonna cost me five to ten. They're thinking I need ten bucks for my next high. Isn't that true? Come on. Sorry, I got on a tangent there. A little Josh commentary. <laughs> Verse 12. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse. Verse 13. Who leave the straight path to walk in darkness, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perverseness of evil. Say evil. <laughs> we got, we're going uh, to continue reading through verse 19 here. Uh, verse 16. It will save you also from the adulteress. I just talked about this. From the wayward wife with her seductive words. Who has left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God. For her house leads down to death and her path to the spirits of the dead. Not only is it... Not only is it the path of death meaning, you know, it's going to cut you off from God and you can go to hell. But friends, let me tell you, uh, uh, let me tell you this, that's, that husband that was cheated on, if they got a gun, you dead. <laughs> it leads to the path of death in multiple ways. And actually, back in, 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 uh, in Solomon's day, they were under the Torah and you could be stoned to death for adultery. So, Her path leads down to death. Her path is to the spirit of the dead. Verse 19. No one who goes to her or attains, or no one who goes to her return or attain the path of life. I'm telling you, you know, that's, that is one thing that, that, that has absolutely destroyed marriages on, on a very real scale, scale is our selfishness and our adultery, man. It's tough. If you're married for over 20 years, I mean, that really is a gift. It really is a, a thing to have nowadays. 
Verse 20 here. Okay, so now verse 20 through 33. Again, he's going to say this is kind of what happens when you uh, reject... Or uh, verses 20 through 22, excuse me. This is, this is, again, what happens when you reject wisdom. Verse 20. Thus you will walk in the ways of good men and keep path and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will live in the land and the blameless will remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the unfaithful will be torn from it. So, okay, so we just read... Uh, all the way through chapter 1 and all the way through chapter 2. So we read through uh, 33 verses and then we just read through 22 verses. So what's that, about 55 verses? And so let's just do a sum up here. This is just a wrap up of chapter 1 and chapter 2. There's five things uh, that, just a quick rack, wrap up with uh, chapter 1 and chapter 2. Basically the blessings of, being with, uh, of having wisdom. Number one, friends, uh, is learning to fear the Lord and being guarded from evil. That's what he's talked about. Isn't that what he said? Learning to fear the Lord, being guarded from evil. Number two, having the ability to discern good from evil and avoiding the tragedies of sin. That's what he's saying. He's talking about, let's, here, let's, let's, you need good and evil. Let's, let's have the wisdom to know what that is and let's do our best to avoid it. Number three, Desiring to avoid evil people and associating with those that are good and upright. He said, he said, those people that are, those sinners, he called them sinners that are trying to entice you, avoid them. Get away from them. Stay away from them. Find yourself having relationship with people that are going to be uplifting. That's why, friends, having Christian fellowship is so very vital. I'm telling you, that, that is, that, the, the valley of decision when you change the people that you hang around, if you're, if you're a partier, you know, you smoke weed, you, 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 know, you do uh, drugs, you drink, and you're hanging out with that crowd all the time, nine times out of ten, friends, you'll never, you'll never get away from that lifestyle if inside your heart you desire to. You have to, you have to get away from those guys. It just it is what it is. It's what I had to do, and it's what every person in here who's clean from drugs had to do at some point in time. And not that later on that you can't, you know, come to a place where you're strong enough you can be around them and, and, and not give in to that, but... It just it is what it is. And a lot of times when you start saying yes to God, people just get turned off. Like, oh, they found religion. Oh, they, you know, they used to call me, oh, there's a uh, Pope. They used to call him Pope. Oh, there's the Pope. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Look, there's the Pope. <laughs> My smoking buddies. There's the Pope. There he is, the Pope. Okay, number three. I'm not bitter at all, I promise. Number three. <laughs> Desiring... To avoid evil people and associating with those who are righteous. Oh, I already said that, number three. Number four, uh, abstaining from sexual immorality. Friends, sexual immorality is bombarding, bombarding our generation. I mean, I mean, at every, at the, at the flip of a, of a, of a thumb, everybody has access to pornography. I mean, I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just so bad. So avoid sexual immorality. You know the thing that I like? It says abstain or avoid. When Paul's giving instructions, he tells them flee. And so it's kind of funny. I kind of like that little video. Run, force, run. Guess what? Friends, the one time that you don't stand against temptation, you don't stand firm, i got to stand firm, but there's one time you run. And that's flee sexual immorality. Run. Run, force, run. You ain't strong. You, out, you ain't strong enough. The strongest man wasn't strong enough. His name was Samson. Come on. And that dude was, that dude was rocky. 
I don't know anybody that could rip the, rip the, the doors off of, off of a wall that was protecting a city and carry them and walk off. I, I ain't known a guy like that yet. That dude was strong. And he gave in. So friends, flee sexual immorality. Forrest, look at your neighbor and say, run. Run, run for, actually, let's, let's, run. let's say, say, say it like you mean it. Act like Jenny. Say, run, Forrest, run. <laughs> run. I'm going to just go ahead and add this. Sexual immorality will chase you down and you have to run from it. Ask Joseph. He, he ran off with a shirt ripped off him. Sexual immorality grabbed him by the shirt. He said, no way, Jose. <laughs> keep, keep the shirt. I'm keeping my life. See you later. <laughs> Number five. Gaining God's promised blessings. Just in the, in the first two chapters, he talked about the blessings. He talked about the things that we'll attain when we walk and apply wisdom. Sounds good, doesn't it? We got one more chapter. You guys with me? Okay. This is good. This is one of my favorites. I love this. I had to, I had to do this by itself because this is some good stuff right here. Chapter 3. Verse 1. We went through uh, two chapters of Proverbs and now we're going to the third. This is great. I love this. We're going to read uh, verse 1 through 4. Again, he's giving further benefits of wisdom. And, there's, and, and I'm going to pause at verse 3 because it's so good. Uh, my son, do not forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart. He's again, he's just like, at the beginning of each chapter, he's like, don't forget. Don't forget. Don't forget. It's like my wife when she reminds me, don't forget to take out the trash. Don't forget to take out the trash. Don't forget. Now I got my phone that reminds me so she don't have to be on me all the time. Got a little thing that pops up says trash time, you know. So, anyways, okay, <laughs> my son, don't forget my teaching, but keep my commands in your heart, for they will prolong your life many years and bring you prosperity. What? Come on, wisdom will prolong my life and bring prosperity? Uh oh. But I just want to be poor all my life. Well, go ahead and have fun being poor. Scripture says that I can walk in prosperity and prolong my life. I want that. Verse 3, I love these, two of them. Let love and faithfulness, say love and faithfulness, faithfulness. never leave you. Okay, here you go. This, if you don't get any, uh, anything from this, please get this one right here. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart. Then you will win favor with, and a good name in the sight of both God and man. You want favor with God? You want favor with your workplace? You want favor with your neighborhood? Then friends, love and faithfulness, bind them around you and walk in them every day of your life. Come on. You want favor with God? Love and faithfulness. Well, I don't know how to get God's favor. Walk in love. Walk in faithfulness. Love and faithfulness. Never let them leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablets of your heart and you will win favor and a good name. Come on, I don't know about you, but that's what I want. I want a good name. I want somebody to look and say, that's a f- isn't that what God rewards? He says, my well and good, good and faithful servant. Love and faithfulness. Come on, that means we don't give up. We don't quit. We keep pressing on. It gets hard, yes. It's tough, yes. But be faithful with what God has entrusted to you. Come on. If you're called, if you're called to, to be a cashier at Walmart, then you scan those, 
uh, those groceries and those items with a smile on your face and you tell every person that comes by you have a blessed day, you have a good day, and you bring joy to Because I'm telling you, there's the people that are coming through Walmart that are going through uh, marriage problems and, and they're going through, they just got laid off their job and they're scanning some stuff. And your encouragement, you're standing there, God's bringing people to you. You're scanning those things and you can speak life to, to what, maybe a hundred people each day. Come on. But I gotta be a pastor. Come on, Pastor Walmart. Come on. Well, I'm standing in, in front of the assembly line and I'm I'm putting this together, but I get you, I bet you have breaks. I bet you have people that you see every day. You know what? If you're by yourself in your assembly line, you put some music on it and you just love on Jesus. And it it will empower you for the time, because there's gonna be people that are gonna be around you. Come on, I worked at FedEx, I was by myself a lot in those trucks. And there was times that people were with, were with me. And I would just share my testimony. I just love on them. Come on. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. You want to win favor in the sight of God and man? Those are the two keys. Like I said, if you didn't get anything, get that today. And then my favorite life verse. I love this. Verse 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. <laughs> see, but see, what does it say? What a, lean not. So that means, see, this is some people's own understanding. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I don't know. And what are you doing? You're leaning on your own understanding. The scripture doesn't say lean on your own understanding, doesn't it? It says lean not on your own understanding. <laughs> Come on, trust in Him. See, that's a problem. Many of us have a trust problem. Trust in Him. Lean not on your own understanding. And then in all your ways acknowledge Him. And you know what, friends? Come on, I know there's people in here. You have some crooked paths. It's like rabbit trails. You're wondering why you're zigzagging through life. He says He will make your path straight. But you can't trust in yourself. You can't trust in your own, your, your own ability. You have to trust in the Lord. And you've got to lean not on your own understanding. See, if you're leaning your own understanding, you're trusting yourself, your path's always going to be zigzag. Come on, get off that leaning on the Lord's side. I lean, I lean, leaning on the Lord's side. Sorry, old school kids church song. <laughs> kids pastor for a few years. Verse 7, it says, do not be wise in your own eyes. Oh man, there are too many people that are a legend in their own mind. You are a legend. The devil will lie to me, Josh, you are the legend of Prouty Street. No, I'm not. I ain't nothing. Come on. I ain't no legend. Come on, some of y'all thought that. Come on. You know you did. You walked into your job. You're like, man, I'm the best worker in here. Come on. The devil be lying to you, making you think you're something. You know it. I guarantee you every person in this place at one time walked into their job thinking that they're the best worker there. If not... You lying. <laughs> Trust not. Be not wise in your own eyes. Man, don't, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. As Paul would say in the book of Romans, fear the Lord and shun evil. What does the word shun mean? What's, what's shun? Well, shun is a persistently avoiding and rejecting. See, in some cultures, when a person, when they, when they commit their life to Christ, like if you're a Muslim or if you're a Hindu, what happens is the family shuns you means they avoid you. 
You know what? There's, there's, there's another cult that's actually in America, and I'm not going to name them. And so if you are a part of, of, their, of, of their group, and you step away from their group, they will actually literally turn their back on you. Literally. What are they doing? Shunning you. Scripture never says to shun a person. Show me in the Bible where it says to shun a person. It says shun evil. It didn't say shun the person. It says, fear God, shun evil. Turn your back on it. Turn away from it. Persistently avoid and reject it. Evil, not people. Look at your neighbor and say, evil, not people. (laughs) This will bring health to your body and nourishment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth. Uh Uh-oh, here we go. Verse 9 and 10. It's a scripture on tithing. Verse 9 and 10. Honor the Lord with your wealth with the first fruit of your crops, then your barns will be filled to overflow and your vats will brim over with new wine. It got awful quiet in here. I ain't preaching on tithing. Proverbs is. Verse 11 and 12. Verse 11 and 12. My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline and do not resent His rebuke. Because the Lord disciplines those He loves as a father, the son He delights in. What is He saying? He's basically saying, you know what? Go ahead and take your spiritual spanking like a man. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, take it like a man. And if it's a woman, say, take it like a woman. <laughs> take your spiritual spanking like a woman. Take it like a man. Take it like a man. Isn't that what He's saying? He's saying, don't despise the Lord's discipline. If you are a son or a daughter of God, guess what? And He is correcting you, that's good. If He's not correcting you, that's bad. Because see, He loves those He corrects. So if you're being corrected, if you wonder, no, why man, you feel like, like, like you're always being rebuked, guess what? That's God's love and kindness towards you. I don't do it, but you know, why do I spank my child? I don't enjoy it. I don't get a thrill out of spanking my kids i just don't i mean if i mean that's like sick and perverted but i know that there's something inside of me that says if if i don't uh if i don't bring a a strong correction to this attitude this kid is going to be wayward and when they're if they think they can back back talk me who are they going to do when the police pull them over (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) verse 13 blessed is the man who finds wisdom the man who uh, the man who gains understanding, for she, remember, she, he likes using this, uh, br- like this kind of, this belief, like, like, uh, bringing it as, like a woman. She is more profitable than silver, and yields better return than gold. Verse 15. She is more precious than rubies, nothing you desire can compare with her. Basically saying, you know, you can, you can desire all these things. Friends, you get wisdom, uh, it, it will actually, verse 16, uh, uh, give long life is in her right hand, and in her left are our riches and honor. Isn't it amazing? Just check this out for a minute. Verse verse uh, 17 and, and verse, verse 16 and 17. That it was Solomon. He didn't ask for riches. He didn't ask for honor. He asked for wisdom. He asked for discernment to govern. And the Lord gave him honor and riches anyway. Verse 17. Her ways are pleasant and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Those who lay hold of her will be blessed. Again, he's just talking about the when when we apply wisdom, when we apply these proverbs to our life, these are just some of the benefits. Long life, riches, pleasant ways, paths are peace, and being blessed. 
Wow! I don't know who wants that. Nobody wants that. (laughs) We're almost finished here. Verse 19. By wisdom, the Lord laid the foundations. He's just giving verse 19 and 20. He's just giving a little bit of insight in creation. Remember I said he's like, boom, 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 boom. He's like throwing a little bit of this, throwing a little bit of that. Verse 19 and 20. By wisdom, the Lord laid the foundations, uh, the earth's foundations. By understanding, he set the heavens in place. By his knowledge, the depths were divided, and the clouds let the drop and dew. Now he's going to talk in, in verse 21 again. Hold on to these things. My son, preserve sound judgment. Preserve uh, and discernment, do not let them out of your sight. Verse 22 through 24, and he's saying, because these are because they will be life for you, an ornament of grace around your neck. Then you will go on your way to safety, and your foot will not stumble. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Verse 25 and 26, um, he's going to say we don't have to walk in fear because when we're when we're walking, the, remember the Lord what He protects us. He's our guard. He, when we walk in wisdom, He's going to be the one that gives us victory. So verse 25, 26 it says, "Have no fear for sudden disaster or the ruin that overtakes the wicked, for the Lord will be your confidence in you, and He will keep your foot from being snared." I don't know about you, but I like the, I like the fact that the Lord is looking out for me. Amen. Come on, I like that. All right, now, uh, verse 27 through uh, 32, he's just going to, again, he's going to talk about the way we, we need to respond with people that are around us. Verse 27, it says, Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it is in your power to act. Do not say to your neighbor, Come back later, I'll give it to you tomorrow. <laughs> I think it's funny. Uh, how often have we done that? Uh, when you now have it with you. Verse 29, Do not plot harm against your neighbor who lives trustfully near you do not accuse a man for no reason when he has done no harm to you do not envy a violent man what is envy okay we're going to talk about that in just a sec do not envy a violent man or choose any of his ways for the lord detests a perverse man he's basically saying don't look at the violent man and say man i wish i could be like him and i got all this anger inside of me and i got to reserve it because i'm trying to follow god i wish i could just lash out like him don't envy that person Come on, that's, that's the real deal right there. Verse 33, i got to be a good Christian, got to act like Christ. And then you're like despising following God. If I wasn't a Christian, I would show you what I'd do. <laughs> okay, okay, oh, let me shut up. Verse 33 through 35, again he talks about wickedness versus being wise. Okay, last three verses. Then the Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the home of the righteous. He mocks proud mockers, but gives grace to the humble. The wise inherit honor, but the fool he holds to shame. So I don't know about you, I would rather walk in wisdom. I would rather walk upright than walk as a wicked person. And the only person that can make that choice for me is me. One final verse. Because I believe the Lord wants us all to gain wisdom. Matthew chapter 11, verse 19. This is what Jesus says. Jesus says, wisdom is proved right by her actions, not by her intentions. Or wisdom is proved right by her deeds. Wisdom is proved right by how you act. I have good intentions. Well, good intentions won't (laughs) give you favor with the Lord. God knows my heart. Yeah, He does. He knows that it's deceitfully wicked above all else. We can master it. Only Him. But wisdom is proved by her actions. So let's ask the Lord to align His wisdom with our actions. Would you stand to your feet with me today? Stupid is, a stupid does, ma'am.